Welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And uh, we're going to talk about broccoli, but first I want to talk about our site redesign. So at first, Ember Weekend's website was designed by a couple of developers. Yeah, horrible. That's that's the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. Uh, but uh, we got uh, we got some professional help. Uh, Hash Rocket is sponsored for some design work to be done, and hopefully we'll see that in the next few weeks. Uh, we this should be pretty quick. Uh, quick. I mean, yeah, we, I hope so. I'm I'm hoping we can knock this out like Monday. Monday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, I, that might be a little optimistic. I, I really, well, I really want the RSS feed button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be great. There is an RS, uh, an RSS that is uh, is published at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. Soon we will have a link, though, provided by uh, Rye Mason's new design, which I'm very excited about. So, yeah, and I think, I think with that, we're also going to move away from SoundCloud. Yes, yeah, Wh- which I've really enjoyed our experience with SoundCloud, but I'm excited to use our own solution and unify them because right now we're publishing the feed to S3 and to SoundCloud as well. Right, and we'd get unified met- metrics and things. Yeah, that would be really great. Uh, so I guess we want to talk about your broccoli post first. Yeah, yeah. That when uh, Basically, last week we talked about um, kind of the deep dive I did with broccoli when I was working on HBARs. And I turned that into a blog post, basically, like, at gunpoint from from you <laughs> yes, one day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you got to pull the trigger sometimes. Yeah. And uh, and it turned out really well. Um, I got a lot of good feedback on it. Um, it's, you know, pe- I'm wondering like uh, which one caused which? Were you trying to write the blog post and then out of that spawned uh, the deep dive? Or, or were you already deep into something and then, like... I basically decided like one weekend I was just going to like really learn broccoli inside and out so that I wouldn't have any of the, the trouble I was having with it. I, it was usually because it wasn't because I broccoli is inherently hard to know or learn. It's that, you know, when you put when you learn something kind of, you know, really shallow and you put it down for a little while and you come back to it, you've forgotten all that shallow yeah, knowledge. Absolutely. But if you learn it really deep. When you come back, it's like it's much harder to lose all that. So I, I really just took a bunch of notes, and uh, those notes turned into a blog post. Yeah, which is really cool. I noticed there was a section uh, while we were editing that blog post on debugging that didn't get included. Are you planning on uh, doing a little bit more uh, on broccoli debugging? I know that's been a source of uh, frustration for us in the past. Yeah, I I, we, I pulled it out just because I, I, I didn't get a chance to flesh it out. But I've actually been working on something that lets me debug broccoli a little easier and i think i'm going to turn that into a blog post that's excellent i'm really excited to to see some more about the debugging i know that there's some tools out there that make that a lot easier to do right uh yeah so i know this has been covered elsewhere and i know that you know this has probably been blowing up in everyone's feed but there was an rfc out to drop ie8 support in ember I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? First off, I have my own opinions on on, on on the matter. Obviously, I think we should probably drop it, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, I definitely think we should drop support for IE8. Most of the people that seem like they're against it uh, are people that are speculating that there's a problem with it. But then when you get people in the in the conversation that are actually from Microsoft. Yeah, I think Robert was mentioning that. Uh, yeah, there were Microsoft people who were saying that it should be 10 plus uh, just to avoid a lot of uh, pitfalls that yeah, because Microsoft's already recommending to upgrade to IE9 anyway, and they've dropped support for right. XP so, already. So and... the benefits of uh, of dropping IE8 support, at, at minimum I, IE8, we are able to remove uh, get 
I think, is one of the potential benefits. I think that's really exciting. Right. Um, yeah, um, I'm not really sure how the how the setters and getters would work. Uh, I think a getter could work, but you'd probably still have to call set, right? I, I don't know. It seems like they could they could get both. It, from what I'm reading, it seems like they're saying they could get rid of uh, doing dot get and dot oh. set. So a lot of this was basically just to prevent. Uh, so getters and setters were native to ECMA five, and uh, I want to say I eight supported ECMA three by default. Yeah, I I think so, supposedly I nine has support for ECMA five. Yeah, yeah, which okay. was like 2009 or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then, you know, I know uh, one of the things that was a big inhibiting factor and still is on, uh, or the, at least initially, uh, was it, it it cost a lot towards like the advancement of Glimmer. Uh, after EmberConf, I know that I, I got really excited about this technology. In addition to it impeding Glimmer, uh, it also like theoretically will re- remove polyfills, which should reduce the overall file size and the complexity of the code base. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a huge win, right? Yeah, and, and I was on board with the idea of like let's let's just drop support all the way up to IE10 and have polyfills to to get the support back if you need it because it sounds like a good idea uh, on the surface, but uh, according to what Robert's saying, you basically can't do that because the entire view engine just completely yeah, yeah absolutely there's all these there's all these checks everywhere for mm-hmm. weird things that happen in IE. Right. Um, which would be great just to, to make d- sure the test suites pass and and stay. Yeah, and it'd be, it'd be yeah, it would be great to be able to drop it, but you really just you know you 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 can't do it with a polyfill. Yeah, and, and that's, that's a that's a big problem. I think the thing that makes me really excited about this is uh, I worked on an Angular project, uh, a long-standing Angular project, and we had to constantly wrestle with the fact that uh, Angular dropped support for IE eight, and and we were stuck supporting IE eight at the time, and that caused just a tremendous amount of fr- uh, frustration. And I don't think that the Angular community was as involved in that decision to move as uh, as something like this RFC where it seems like they're legitimately trying to find out if this is something the community wants before they move forward. Yeah, it's 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 nice to know that, you know, everyone's voice counts in this and that nobody's being shut up and like if you say legitimately you think you should keep i8 support, I don't think anybody's going to tro- right. troll you or anything. Yeah, and there are alternatives too. There are like uh like three different paths that they could take if they don't want to deprecate for 2.0. So, I'm pretty excited about that. I I think it'll it'll end up making its way in and then becoming something that everyone kind of just like, "Oh yeah, of course, that makes total sense." Okay, so next up, I want to talk now about um this talk that Ben Lesh gave. Uh Ben Lesh works at Netflix and in he went to Silicon Valley EmberJS and he gave a, a a small talk. It was actually short. I want to say maybe 15 or 20 minutes in which he kind of covers some of the ways that Netflix is using EmberJS internally. And I think he mentioned that at some point and Netflix mentioned that Netflix loves React and and he he said, "Well, Netflix loves Ember and then Netflix loves all this other stuff." And it's basically uh, the concept there at Netflix is uh, freedom of re- responsibility. So they're able to use the right technology for the problem that they're trying to solve. Right. So. And I, I like that he used the word responsibility or that Netflix uses the re- word responsibility, which means that, yeah, sure, you know, it's your playground. Do whatever you want, but you're responsible for it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then and then you can choose the right tool and uh, you're not pigeonholed into, into doing very specific things. So it's been pretty neat. And he, I think his benefits uh, for using Ember on these internal tools uh, he outlined one in particular that struck me, and that's uh, component composition being like one of the one of the sh- the main strengths of Ember, and the ease at which you can develop and the ease at which you can test those things uh, kind of set it apart for certain implementations. And uh, that was really kind of I was I was very excited. I like the idea of big companies investing into Ember 
I, I really like that. And some of the some of the the things that he was implementing were really really neat. I've always been interested in in graphing and you know the the graphic side, the canvas and all those things, uh, WebGL. Yeah, and, and I think he released a, a an add on uh, called Ember CLI NF Graph, which is the Netflix graph, uh, and it seems pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. Um, I I used Raphael for a long time, and uh, and I've and I was kind of disappointed when I first started using Ember because there was no real way to bind Ember to Raphael, hmm. and now it just seems like I mean with with I'll have to go look at see how the library is implemented, but I should just be able to natively. Um, you know, create components that are the SVG elements. Yeah, and absolutely. I don't have to bind to another library. And that was another thing that he mentioned in that's that SVG support was a little rocky when he first started, um, and now with HTML bars in there, uh, SVG support is kind of first class again. So that's pretty neat. So, uh, and then I think the last uh, couple of things we're going to mention both involve Polymer. So Polymer is a a web component. API polyfill, I think, is the best way to describe that. That's kind of like a loose thing. But web components are uh, these kind of neat little ways to incorporate tiny widgets and define JavaScript behavior. And with those things, you can like implement them as tag names, right? Is it, am, I, am I doing an accurate job? Like It's kind of weird because it feels kind it, of nebulous. But... It seems like it's basically what Ember's getting to anyway um where we're which, you know we're trying to get to, to where components can have you know angle bracket names right. rather than having to use HTML bars. Yeah, I think, well, that's why you have to have hyphens in your component names. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to collide later mm-hmm. with, you know, some right. some weird tag you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Polymer is kind of this neat way to get more progressive web standards into your applications now. And there was a post by Eric Hanchett recently about how to get up and running with Polymer components in your Ember CLI apps right now. And I'm really excited about this uh, for a number of reasons, one of which uh, we built together. We built a proof of concept on how you can easily incorporate uh, two of the of the core APIs for uh, Polymer as an add-on. But he, he shows it without using an add-on. So he shows like ground up. So it's, he's using Broccoli, which is super great. Um, once again, Broccoli is this awesome build tool that we've talked about um, quite at length. He kind of goes step by step. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on on Polymer, including Polymer this way? And what are the challenges you face? I mean, I've never really used Polymer for anything large. I, I'm interested in it, like, conceptually. Um, so, you know, working on trying to figure out a way to pull it into to Ember. I, I know people are interested in it. I paper the, the uh, kind of the UI um, layer for it is really interesting. Uh, it's basically, it looks like all the standard Google things right you know i've been actually looking at doing a uh a ember cli cordova app so i was looking at it as a way to uh get some, kind of that go- that android look in a in an ember cli app because i wanted to make a mobile app so right. I, I think that would be a good use case for it, and i'll probably do that in the future and and i think if i do it probably it will be best to do it like eric does just in the app uh, not try and worry about because there was a lot of uh headache we had with uh trying to pull it out into an add-on Right. There's yeah. a lot of kind of pre-compiling that has to happen to get the the elements and all of the you know dependent elements to compile. Um, so yeah. I think it'd probably be best to do it in the app the first time, and then once there's once you some iron patterns. It out, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think the add-on really needs to flesh out like a wave, a folder, or some sort of structure that a user a user can build custom components in, and then we would merge that in uh, because it all needs to be pre-compiled. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of there's many steps in between when you define your own component and it uses any other component that is defined by these other APIs and they, they all depend on one another. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I like them, and I like that they're basically standalone. Um, they they communicate. The only like kind of interaction you have with them is with attributes, which are internally bound. Um, but you have no you know ability to see the internals from Ember, which is basically how you should write your Ember components anyway. You know, right. like your your components in Ember shouldn't be reaching out to like get us even even a service is probably too far. But like you definitely shouldn't be like injecting some controller and having your components, you know, kind of mess with the rest of your app. And it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to get people to do that. <laughs> um, but but it's great doing it in Polymer because you basically have no other choice. It's basically like tying their hands. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, so the last thing we want to mention very quickly is that Eric Brin, core team member of Ember.js, is uh, putting the feelers out there for doing some Ember 2.0 training in various cities over the next uh, few weeks or months. And I was a part of their training uh, trek, and um, Eric did a training in Chicago a little over a year ago, and it was a really great experience. I learned I learned a lot, and I think they they really put a lot of time and effort into it. So I cannot recommend this enough. I'm hoping to to go um, to at least one if I can. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't there for the last one. I'd like to to go to this one. I'll have to get up to Chicago. Yeah, and I think uh, if it's done before, if these training seminars happen before uh, Ember 2.0 is released, they're going to work off of a beta branch. It will likely happen. Uh, before the 2.0 release. Well, so that, that, that would be fine. I mean, yeah, you, well, you get a head start. Yeah, I, especially on converting existing apps. And I think uh, I think that's it for this this weekend. <sighs> Every time. Every right, what time. is it? What is it? Well, I think that's it for this Ember weekend. I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. We'll see you next weekend. <laughs> <laughs>